Welcome to JR Art Loud, the podcast of Jewish Renaissance. I'm Judy Herman, and we're listening to the glorious sound of mosaic voices singing Yismahu, a wonderfully exuberant and upbeat new version of the Shabbat hymn by Benjamin Till. It's just one of the beautiful music videos Mosaic have made since the pandemic began. I spoke to Michael Etherton, Mosaic founder and musical director, about the joys and challenges of making music videos in lockdown. First thing I wanted to ask you, Michael, what do you want to get out of having made these beautiful recordings? Who are they for? How, how, how do you want people to access them? Is it just to share something beautiful at this terrible time or what? Yeah, I, I, we, I guess we were responding to the, our situation as a, as a choir in lockdown. We have been singing since Mosaic Voices was founded in 2012. And suddenly we found ourselves without uh, a regular place to sing. We're the resident choir at New West End Synagogue in Bayswater. And that all changed overnight and we were left as a choir without any vehicle <laughs> to be heard. And so it made us really rethink and reconsider what we were doing and why. And we, we found it quite, it was quite an exciting process. I, it's been a difficult time, but it's actually been a really exciting time for us as well. And we've used the time to, th to think about what we would like to be heard um, and how we would be heard um, during this period. And we, decided we could be really creative about what we did and that that would be a really exciting thing to be able to do. It actually was a great opportunity and um, that we could also use the time to create music, which is really important for us. We're one of the very few ensembles working certainly in Jewish repertoire who are, have commissioning original music at the heart of our, of our remit. And so we wanted to get music out there to a wider audience who actually wouldn't normally see us because most people don't normally turn up to one of our services in US then and actually we could have a whole new audience by working in film working in video and bringing completely new work to new audiences and it's a huge range so we you know we've always prided ourselves on singing a massive range of music um, and we've continued to do that so I think yeah it, we've just seen lots COVID-19, which has so, been such, so difficult, is also a really interesting opportunity for music, choral music. And the music that I'm hearing, though, is mostly this smaller ensemble within the, the larger choir, isn't it, when you're recording? And do you, what do you call them? Do they have a name within the other? They've got mosaic voices. What do you call the small yeah. one something? No, we're, we're still mosaic voices. Mm. And again, we, this process has, has actually sparked a bit of a, an artistic rethink and so we are now in any case moving towards mosaic voices being a voice ensemble rather than a traditional choir mm. in the traditional sense and actually i really really like that it's mm. i love the sound of one voice per part um i love the 
ability to balance the voices properly, to get rid of all the, the difficulties that, are, that arise specifically in a very, very small choir where you're trying to blend within your part. And I just think the model for us as a group, as a professional choral group is better. This, for a small ensemble works really, really well for us. I love working with the small ensemble. I, I think we're going to continue down this path. And so it's likely that we, we're more likely to have a, a six voice ensemble, even when we go back to working in live in, in synagogues mm. and in concert. Is that difficult though? Because how many is, are in the choir altogether? Well, it depends, but normally we're, we're always, we're quite small anyway, so we would, oh. know, we would never have more than eight or twelve. Oh, voices. okay. It's just that, so what are you doing? Are you sort of rotating people so they all get a chance? Um, we are doing some rotation, <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm. We do that normally, all year round mm. we rotate, mm. so we have a core group of 12 singers, mm. and it's a different group each week mm. anyway. So are there different voices? I was trying to work out, have you used different voices on these different recordings then as well? So everybody gets a fair crack or are they all the same people? No, we've tended to, it's, we've used the same group for, to, to try to develop um, a more consistent sound. Mm. And it just also happened really naturally, Judy, because some of us really, really wanted to sing over this period and some just had were had their thoughts elsewhere and it just so happened that this particular core of, of four to five has emerged as a group mm -hmm. that really valued um, getting together and creating new output during this period and actually the voice types are quite a little bit different but they all bring something different and it kind of works it's kind of gelled together um, we that we have singers from opera, from musical theatre, from more poppy and from choral backgrounds and actually I just really love the sound that we've been able to create. Yes, uh, and as indeed do I, so um, you've chosen obviously to come to pass that you've got four particularly well balanced voices there haven't you? You've got Miles de Cruz, Carl Geetzman, Dick and Goff and is Benjamin singing? Believe and Benjamin, Benjamin also sings. He's Good such, heavens. He's such a talented guy. I was so going to say there's no end to his talent. I know. Uh, uh, unending talent. He's our baritone. Right. He's fantastic. Is he a counter tenor one of them or almost? I mean, very high tenor one of them. Just yeah, no, he's, he's not just a high tenor. He, he actually is a counter tenor. Is Carl, Ge Carl Geetzman. And he, he comes into his own only really when he's singing above an A. Um, mm. So it's actually it's only at the top of the tenor range that his voice really starts to kind of ring out. And he's very he's very comfortable in that counter tenor range and has the quality of his voice is strong. So I, he's a real counter tenor, not a, not not someone who does it on the side. Mm. A male voice ensemble is is difficult to manage and they can often sound i would in my experience male voice choirs male voice ensembles sound quite muddy um and they're not they're not necessarily the the, 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 mm. the loveliest of sounds so mm. if you can spread the voices out and you've got a counter tenor really high up mm. right down to a proper bass uh, and we have a proper bass in dick and goff um then you've got a lovely, lovely spread of voices and it, it's just so lovely to listen to. So much more exciting as a group to have that 
voicing spread out? Well, I, I will vouch for that because obviously I've been I've been listening and listening and listening. And um, but of course, the whole point of this is that people will be able to hear what what you've been doing as well, and you'll win new fans. You certainly will. Um, the, of course, there's other major elements. People could just listen to the music, but the something that will bring be beautiful smiles of joy and to your, to, to people's faces if they actually watch. There's a lot to watch, and some. I mean, you started a while back, didn't you, with with this um, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, a new setting of it. synagogue seemed to have called for images to express some sort of um, uh, togetherness, joy, what was what, what was poignant but good about the current situation, trying to find something positive. And they were just so beautiful. I mean, you know, any old people, young people, families, empty streets con contrasted with, um, with busy families in lockdown, just uh, people clapping. It's the most wonderful set of images. So were they just images that were that was a call for images and you how did that all come together because that was quite a lot of time before you did the other three wasn't it yeah you're right and this was right at the beginning of the lockdown proper and it was a response to that we it was quite shocking wasn't it when we were really were suddenly forced into our own spaces whatever they were and psalm 23 which benjamin till wrote composed from was was a response to this and it was a call we did a call out through united synagogues in this case and we asked people for photos of the themselves in lockdown in their homes wherever they were they were in high-rise flats they were in lovely houses whatever people's circumstances are i think that the we wanted to get a, a sense of diversity of the Jewish community and of the, of the community during lockdown and what they were doing and how they were feeling and people really responded. We got hundreds of images in um, from across the community and from those um, Benjamin selected I think probably around 50 to use for this film and it's I just it's really really moving the results. Yeah. Um, you know you see the deserted streets of central London, you see people in their homes and I don't know why, I mean, for me, I just, I think it's a really important document. I think it will become mm. quite a significant document of COVID-19 and the lockdown proper, the Jewish community in the lockdown proper. I don't really know another equivalent that exists. And I think in years to come, it will be something that can be looked back at as expressing and depicting how people were living at this quite unusual time.
so that was the first one and then um was you who the next one or yes so yes. We, we thought yeah. at this point we would that this was the next stage of the lockdown that we would be able to um, venture into a recording studio and the only way we could do that is safely and according to regulations at that particular moment was that we went to a recording studio and we all we were all in separate recording booths so each of the it was a quartet and we all were in separate sort of you know uh, locked booths and i was in another bigger booth conducting mm -hmm. so we recorded separately it was quite a tricky process uh, it was, it was in, it's a new setting of yismakul very upbeat very jolly as you as you heard fun and we recorded it and then we filmed each of us filmed ourselves to a um to the backing track we just recorded so in fact we were lip syncing when we were recording and that's how we did it could you see each, it looks as if you could see each other could you or not everyone could see me right. conducting and no one could see each other oh well but you never it's, know it's a, it's a great setup sonic studios it's what such a lovely um studio in, in Clapham yes. than we've ever been but it's no, wonderful. So. Yeah. so they could yeah. all see me they couldn't see each other uh, it was all done via the joys of you know technology and we all had our head mics on and, and we managed to pull it together um, in that way and it was great fun tricky I've never done that before yeah but what is marvelous it's got an incredible energy and joy even though you are separate there's a sort of togetherness isn't there about it and you're, you're practically dancing Everybody. No, we, were, we were just so pleased to do that recording it was such fun and i think we'd all been stuck in our mm. homes for so long and we yes. hadn't you know we singers hadn't been able to sing and we were so it was just so kind of joyful actually to come together together even in a limited sense and sing and actually do a really high quality the highest quality we could manage recording in the circumstances and we, i think everyone really enjoyed it i know i did so yeah, yes, well, that, that really comes over, but what I love is you're smiling, you're animated, the faces, the eyes, um, and as I say, there's a sort of terrific energy, and I think, think maybe you had, all had a bit of pent-up energy, as you say, but it just sort of, it, it, it's very inclusive, it's beautiful, so, I mean, the singing is gorgeous anyway, but there's just something, and there's actually something lovely about you know, I would recommend everybody, yes, you may want to play it in the background, but you need to watch at least once just to see what it is that singers do. It's a whole body experience. <laughs> Hey. And look, we are such a visual society, mm -hmm. and we're all we're all looking at our computers. We're looking at tiny films. It's all mm. on social media, and we just, you know, we're not, um, you know, we want we wanted to do the films. We don't. We we take it seriously, and each one we thought about quite carefully, and people do, you know, it it does actually enlarge your audience because uh, choral music can sound quite intimidating but actually you, you see it up close and you know you see the emotional sort of input that the guys have to 
put yeah. into it to, to, to get the kind of sounds that you, you hear. So that that one is a, a sort of Shabbat song, really, isn't it? I suppose so. And it, so it's part. I mean, we sing it on Friday nights. I think, don't we? I think it's um, pretty. pretty yeah, it's part week. of the uh, part mm. of the kedusha. So mm. yeah, you'll certainly hear it on Saturday morning yes. in the synagogue, and you'll hear mm. it on. You could hear it on Friday night as well. Yes, I'm yeah. pretty sure it's we do it on Friday night. Then, if we move on to the the next one, we, actually, which was the next one? I mean, to me, it's Rojenka's Mandel, but was that was that yes. how it was? Yeah. So it's completely different, um, and of course, again, it's. it's Benjamin can set it, but it is a tune that exists already. He hasn't written the tune, but it's absolutely beautiful. And you had a bit of, and very creative. I mean, I call it a bit of fun, but you're not sending it up. It's just beautiful. You've you've thought through. It's a, it's possibly the best known Yiddish lullaby there is, but it's got all the existential sadness of the, the, the situation of of the Jews because we're talking about. Um, a goat, actually. Why is there always a goat or a kid or something like that? And, uh, and it's all very chagall, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is very, yes. What is it with us and goats? There is something about them, isn't it? But uh, um, the words are beautiful. I think I noticed that Benjamin's added them now, and I think that's a lovely thing to do. To, to you know, I think a lot of people sort of vaguely know what it's about, but I think they're important. You know, in the temple, in the corner of a room sits the widowed daughter of Zion alone. So it's already, we're sad. It's so sad, isn't it? She's got her only son, Yiddler, she's got a lullaby. And then, that, that this is my favourite bit, under the cradle stands a small white goat. The goat is selling its wares. Now, that, that's the Jewish people for you, we're goats selling our wares, I guess. On, this will be Yiddler's calling too. I mean, really, it's surreal and it's beautiful. Oh yes, it's very sugar, very sugar. So I think it's lovely that she's actually bothered to put that there so we know what's being said. Then you've rather imagined that there's sort of the Eastern European scene of the candle. How did you, tell me about the mise-en-scene, how did you come to decide what you would wear, what you would do during it, what the candles, I mean it's quite a big deal. It's a hat, you've got to think what you're wearing on your head because it's close up. There's a lot yes. going on. Yes, we just really wanted to create um, an unusual atmosphere um, and we wanted we wanted to rethink the this very nostalgic and um, sort of old setting for London in a way. And at, at the beginning of the process, we thought, "Oh, we'll do it. It'll be a very London Rojinkus, and we'll have Westminster, mm. you know, Houses of Parliament, and we'll do it on the Thames, and we'll do this and that." We couldn't really do that because, in the end, you, you know, um, we are under lockdown. It was we were worried that we wouldn't be able to deliver. Our budget was tiny, tiny, tiny. But we wanted to get a sort of an almost like a Victorian um, flavor um, behind, behind this. We wanted to take it out of 2020 and, and just make it a, a little old Victorian, a bit ambiguous as to what time period we would be in. Just ambiguous, not specific. And um, you know, lullaby, I, this, it's such a, Lullabies are so odd, aren't they? Because you think mm. they're going to be really sweet, and um, you know that the, the, the content of the music, as you, is going to be kind of charming and sweet. The words are going to be, but actually, so often with lullabies, the the tune is often very sweet and, and gets the baby mm. off to sleep. But actually, the words can be quite odd, and even scary once you dig down. And Rajinka is also quite is odd, and it's a bit sad and. Um, 
it does it's it's really about you know it's it's about the widow it's sad from the first moment mm, because yes immediately we've got what is basically a, a young woman who is already a widow um and that immediately is something very very sad why is she, why is she she's a widow what has happened we don't really know and um, she's looking after her very young child and she's already and she's thinking ahead of what what will become of her mm. little darling boy um he'll go and do this trade you know selling goats or whatever it is but it's, it's just it's so strange I guess we were trying to create an atmosphere in, in the, you know, and we had to do that with almost no money and also under under the lockdown conditions, mm. more recent lockdown conditions. So we had to film everybody separately. We had to do it with social distancing. Um, and we had to come up with ideas which were imaginative, but could be done on, under those odd circumstances. So the first scene you see is with our base, Dick and Goff, um, and he's basically lying on the on the mews outside New West End Synagogue in Bayswater, oh. <laughs> and um, and he's looking into a mirror which Benjamin had bought earlier that day from a charity shop, and made older with burnt to make it look older. Oh. <laughs> and so that's the kind of thing. That we, and we had candles that we mm. set up, and and we did it like that. Uh, and the other scenes, again, there was a scene filmed in my, in my flat here in, <laughs> with Miles. The tenor is, is, is just in, in my flat in the front room. And then there's another one in the Muse where I live in West London. Um, with a, and there's one with a candelabra and menorah. Um, so we just mm. made, made use of very, very, very close, close to face shots so that you couldn't quite understand the context. And candles, and we use quite a lot of smoke to create, mm. create atmosphere and we, we we created quite a lot of depth through the use of objects so you'd have a candle here and then another few centimeters on you'd have more objects and then more objects and then the person and mm. then a mirror so you create depth to create a sort of more cinematic feel on the cheap but a more cinematic feel so there's something to look at for viewers and create mm. a bit of interest so it was really just a sort of nostalgia we wanted to 
connect people to their Yiddishkeit. And we wanted to feel, the people to feel, to enjoy that sense of Jewish soul in them and just to remind them of that and give them a, give them a, a feeling of that, create a kind of a real, a strong sensation. And that's sort of what we were trying to do, which was great fun, of course. That really works. Um, actually, it's literally smoke and mirrors, then, isn't it? Yeah, all smoke and mirrors. <laughs> you're quite right. <laughs> but candlelight is so Jewish, isn't it? You know, the whole idea of candles, one candle, so several candles. Yeah. Yes, it's got definitely got that whole feel to it. And no, I thought you, yes. you did it beautifully because you do again. You pull people in, and you share it. We feel we're part of this. Intimacy. Yeah. I, do, I think it was a much better idea than doing it as a big London thing again. I yes. think it's more, it's more universal for starts. Yes. Yeah. People were so wonderful. I mean, even the menorah, we, I borrowed from my lovely neighbour Felicity. <laughs> she lent me three menorahs. Wow. <laughs> so, so that was all fantastic. Everyone got involved, which was wonderful. Mm, it's gorgeous, isn't it? They're all so different, it's hard to have a favourite, so I, I don't really. So the fourth recording is so, but it's so different to the others. I mean, you know, the Jewish content of Over the Rainbow is the people that wrote it were both Jewish. Harold Arlen wrote the music, Yip Harburg wrote the lyrics, so... Um, That's right, so we've replaced them with that ever-useful... Um, um, I don't know what it is, a song, sort of song of praise, Adon Olam, which basically, because it's, um, mm, so because weird, it's, yeah. it's meter, fits to any, any song in the world. Basically. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Oh, well, we know this, don't we? But so really, this is Harold Arlen, that Yip Harburg doesn't get involved, even though he wrote the original That's words. Right. It's entirely, it's entirely Adon Olam. Absolutely, and in this case, it's all, it's completely, you know, mm. I think it's very, very authentic, you know, uh, mm. Jewish composer, musical theatre, the Broadway yes. tradition is very, very Jewish and the, even the, it's not just that they were Jews who tended to be the main figures in musical theatre over the years, but also the, the um, influence of Jewish motifs and modes on musical theatre is very strong. Uh, so it's very, very, uh, it's a very indigenous form, musical theatre, for Jewish people and, and for the synagogue actually. So we're perfectly, mm. um, we feel perfectly happy to to do this. Um, or I should say, that if you listen very carefully to the end of of this somewhere over the rainbow, Adon Olam, when Mark Joseph leaves the um, ark, you can just hear the church bells from the <laughs> from the church over the road um, uh, ringing away as he as he leaves, which I also think is a lovely touch and very very beautiful. London. Again, very inclusive. Yeah, it? inclusive and very be. English. So it is schmaltzy. That's Jewish too. <laughs> But it's got this magnificent surrounding. So again, um, obviously the message of Somewhere Over the Rainbow is, couldn't be more relevant, could it really, to one's mm. hopes and for, the, for the future, possibly. Yeah, it's so full time. of yearning, isn't it? Yes. It's kind of looking, it's so, it's so hopeful, so wish, wishful thinking. And, um, and here we see Mark Joseph, who is our uh, cantor at New West End, singing in an empty synagogue a stunning synagogue, which also we wanted people to see because it's so beautiful. But he's singing by himself in an empty synagogue and this kind of very, very hopeful and famous song. Adonai, 
We wanted to show the beauty of the synagogue, actually. That was one of the things we wanted to do with this film. I, I, I think that. that U.S. West End Synagogue is a kind of a secret, <laughs> um, a synagogue whose beauty is still, um, is still kept far too secret. And we wanted to show that off much more. And um, Benjamin wanted to do a, a, a new arrangement of this, of this song. So we went into, the, we actually recorded this at Sonica Studios again in separate booths and then we went into the synagogue and obviously with social distancing we filmed Mark who was actually uh, lip-syncing to his own recording that he'd done in Sonica Studios together with Mosaic Voices. Ah, you know, I, so stupid it never occurred to me. I, it comes over so brilliantly that you're, he's there singing in the moment. So I mean he really clever. was singing in the moment I was there. So well, he was, yeah, he was yeah. singing ah, and he, right, and he yeah. sang beautifully but he was at, you don't hear that version, you hear the one okay. that was in the recording because that's more exact. some of the dedications um, who on the very first one um, Rabbi Dr Moshe and Robert and Hannah Friedman um, the, can you just tell me are they is that, why have you dedicated it to them yes um, yeah. we've you know mosaic voices really relies on on the support in all kinds of ways of the people around us our community at New West End synagogue uh, and our various supporters and sponsors. And we wouldn't have been able to do this if it wasn't for people um, like the rabbi oh. Robertson Friedman. And uh, Rabbi Friedman is, is the um, rabbi at New West End Synagogue. He is wonderfully supportive of, of our choral output and mosaic voices. And we wanted to acknowledge that, um, just how, how lovely he'd been and how thoughtful and supportive at this oh. difficult period. He's wonderful. Um, so that, that's why that one is dedicated to, to, to them. All right, because I, I, you can see I've been busy reading. Now another one, one um, is dedicated, one, I think the last one we were talking about, to Trevor Tauber, is that right? Yes, yes, and actually mm. Trevor is a, is a very, um, is a, 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 an important and long-standing member of the community in US then. He's actually also a composer and oh. um, actually we are, Mosaic Voices' other project at the moment is the Blue Book project. We yes. are in the final throes of putting that 
of finishing the blue book. And we do have one composition, original composition from Trevor Tube, um, which will we just which will be in that blue book. So he is both a musician himself, a scientist by profession, now retired, and a great supporter. And we wanted to thank him. Oh, well. good. Well, I'm glad we've named Churchin, and that's good. Trying to thank the people that allow us to continue to compose and perform. Really. I think I think that's beautiful and very important. Yeah. Um, and then we hear actual beautiful instrumentation um, behind Psalm 23. And again, you acknowledge, obviously, obviously you credit them on the recording. So uh, there's something else beautiful to listen out for. Fiona Bryce violin and there's other names mentioned, Julian Simmons and Nathan Taylor. Yeah, it was Benjamin wrote it. He sang it. This was right at the beginning mm. of the lockdown. He sang and Fiona uh, is a violinist, fantastic violinist. Mm. And she, uh, you can hear her playing. She recorded at home. You can hear her playing that lovely, lovely violin solo. getting these recordings out there apart from talking to me <laughs> a good question and um a, a, you know we, we're sort of learning as we go along we we're on we have a youtube channel mosaic voices has a youtube channel um and we are trying to get it out there really through our i guess through our partners so we've worked with um United Synagogues, we've worked with the Jewish Music Institute who've been really supportive and they've got it out there on their newsletter. We are um, starting to get it out through other synagogues and we want to start to reach out to really to, to audiences in other countries. Mm. Um, I, I can already see that Adon Alam, somewhere over the rainbow, Adon Alam is very popular. <laughs> it's only been out there for two weeks and there's already um, 5,500 views, wow. <laughs> which is high for something mm. of this nature. Mm. So, um, and I think once it gets out to America and Israel, it will start to sort of multiply and more people. So we want people to share it and we want people to talk about it. Thank you, Judy, for talking about it with me today. And <laughs> um, we want people to see it. So we, we're, we're doing our doing our best. I guess it's just trying to get people to share it. Um, UK Jewish Film, not surprisingly, has been really helpful and they shared Rojinkus, which I think was appropriate for UK Jewish Film. It was more of a, mm. uh, a film product than the others. And I think that that was worth sharing. That was worth UK Jewish Film sort of, you know, uh, shouting about. So, yeah, we're getting it out there the best way as we can. We don't have any budget, so it's just sort of, um, you know, what we can do in the circumstances. So please share it with your friends and please like it and please subscribe to Mosaic Voices on YouTube. I can see one of my girlfriends was an early um, enthusiastic um, endorser of uh, Farm 23. She's, she's, and she is a leading light at her local synagogue, so I expect Great. she's told everybody. And I, I am sending it to groups like our choir and so forth as well as putting it on Jewish Renaissance because and, and I'm getting lovely responses from people saying oh thank you so much it's just what I needed at Shabbat came in or whatever it was so because we can't sing together we're very frustrated yeah, so, uh, yeah. And, and, and to be honest with you we do sing together we don't quite sound like um your the, the glorious melding of your those four voices but so uh, it's still lovely and people do we enjoy it. So, yeah, I think um, we're all missing mm. coming together. We're all missing singing together or listening to song. And mm. I think we need to feel we're missing 
that feeling of being part of a community. And I think music and art and film has played an incredibly important part in bringing the Jewish community together and giving the, the community a sense that still are, they still are a community. I think it's been very important for people's mental health and well-being during, during the virus. Yeah, I'm sure you're all right. Oh, Michael, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you. And I'm more, I was going to say more Pater Elba, but I expect it's, it's got to be a, it'll have to be not exactly a real Elba, won't it? What would, you, what would be more Pater with your beautiful voices? But you know what I mean. Yeah, I, we're, 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 <laughs> we've, got, we've got some more plans up our sleeves. So really? We'll be, oh, good. We'll, there'll be, be more. Um, well, there's been some more coming in the next few weeks. God bless you, Michael. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you. Thank you for talking to the JR Out Loud. Yeah.